Rewind with Oshin Langan. This is the Rewind on News Talk. I'm Oshin Langan. Coming up, we've got reaction from selected pre-season GAA games and we ask what's wrong with Munster and can it be fixed? Cork hurling manager Kieran Kingston talks styles and squads while Galway's Michal Donoghue starts behind the rest following his appointment but... They began with the win against DCU. We'll hear from him. We'll also hear from Connacht coach Pat Lamb on their two-point defeat to Scarlets, which contained some controversial TMO decisions. We've got basketball. Tempelo greets the cup final for the first time, and Team Montanati Hotel Glenmire continue their push for a three in a row. As always, Paddy Mulligan joins us to talk football. Today it's the FA Cup and a busy midweek programme in the Premier League that contains Liverpool against Manchester United or Liverpool against Arsenal I beg your pardon first though it's rugby and what's wrong with Munster the Reds lost 27-7 away to Stade Francais which means they can't progress in the Champions Cup after the game coach Anthony Foley said if he's not sure he can get results then there's no point in him being there now former Munster back Johnny Murphy and Irish Times writer Gavin Comiskey joined Joe Malloy on Off the Ball to discuss the situation and how the current issues have been coming for some time you know, lads need to own their mistakes and know that that's not acceptable. There's a lack of leadership on the, on the pitch, but not coming from, you know, individual performance like CJ's the captain, but he's leading from the front. There just needs to be probably a core group to to get together and take it. What's going on behind the scenes, I, I don't particularly know sure. whether they agree with this or that. Or The players probably now need to take control of this. It's a bit like Murphy's Law, whatever can go wrong has gone wrong for them you look at you know my first year there you lost guys that were in their mid-twenties through injury you know Ian Dowling Barry Murphy they'd both still be there Dennis Leamy would still be there Damon Verley would still be there yeah, people they were planning to and have they've, and they've lost three captains Paul O'Connell Peter O'Mahony yeah. and Felix Jones yeah. in and, the space of a yeah, few months and Felix there's your, that's your five man leadership group for this season now Johnny Murphy went on to talk about the basis in both Cork and Limerick they will merge very soon but according to Murphy maybe that's taken far too long. You know, there's been hurdles every step of the way. For the players. For the players to get to where, and people will probably go, well, if that's the case, how did they win those two Heineken Cups? How did they win those Magners Leagues? How did they... was because they had that core group of 12 to 15 guys that are legends of the game. And the organisation as a whole didn't move forward with those 12 or 15 guys. And... How many more Heineken Cups could that group have won mm-hmm. if they were given the state of art facilities in one spot that they were, that was deserving of that group? And it's not a crisis yet, but it's a crisis if they can't re-sign Earls, Murray, Zebo. There's a few others still up, up for grabs this yeah. season. If these guys start to go, then then you, I don't know how you fix it. You know, if you don't keep if you don't keep your your best players, and they're all looking. They're all negotiating at the moment. Johnny Murphy and Gavin Comiskey speaking to Off the Ball about Munster's current troubles. I heard former Munster and Ireland winger Moss Finn say on Red FM during the weekend that uh, Anthony Foley had possibly lost the dressing room. There is one thing we do know for absolute certain, that is that Munster have problems, but uh, they're unlikely to be down to just one person. Something like this, a meltdown like this, doesn't just happen because of one guy. Now, this is the Rewind on News Talk and uh, as I say, we've been talking about the trouble with Munster, but what about Ulster? What a result for them yesterday against Oyanax, 23-0 down and they came back to win 24-3 
Les Kiss springing Ruin Pinar, Paddy Jackson and Nick Williams off the bench for the second half and it made all the difference and they're still very much in the running for qualification out of their pool in the Champions Cup the only Irish province left with the chance of qualifying but what about the Guinness Pro 12 Connacht coach Pat Lamb says he's gutted after their 21-19 defeat to Scarlets in Wales. Jack Carty looked to have given the Westerners the victory with a late penalty, but uh, the visitors gave away a penalty that Scarlets converted to win and leapfrog Leinster at the top of the table. Leinster had a good win away to Ospreys on Friday night. Uh, here is Pat Lamb, the Connacht coach, speaking to Galway Bay FM's Rob Murphy after the game. Uh, Pat, the first thing people will say after the game is, our coach Pat Lamb's going to be seeding with that one. Are you, or how, how's, how are you feeling about 25 minutes afterwards? Well, I think, um, you know, more disappointed, gutted uh, after the game. Um, you know, it's certainly a game we, we could have won and could have and should have won, you know, quite comfortably. Um, but we have to go back and look at the things that we uh, that we could control, the things we didn't do quite well. There's a lot of good play out there. Um, unfortunately, we, didn't, we had a lot of try-scoring opportunities. And um, we didn't quite finish them off. And you know, Jack did great to get us, uh, the, you know, the kick over. Got ahead with three minutes to go, and you know, it's disappointing to give it away at the end. Positives far outweigh the negatives in the performance. Like. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's. I think we'll go back. And I said before the game with both these both teams that you know, although we've we all on you know coming off losses, the games could have easily gone the other way. So we knew that it's uh, both teams are playing well. It's just a case of uh, you know uh, uh, get it getting over. And I thought we had it, but. Uh, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of effort, a lot of hard work going in there, and uh, you know we're, we're all disappointed because I think there's things that we points we gave away easily and points we we missed. Connacht have never had a four game losing streak in the Pro 12 quite like this one, where in each and every game you can pick out large amounts of the area where Connacht were the better side, and yet they're coming out with defeats. How do you keep the confidence in the players? How do you keep them believing that they're doing the right things and they need to stick at it? Well, I think the boys know themselves. I think they come straight in. I think the greatest tool that always says yourself will win us, and mm. boys will come off and they'll don't know, geez, we did this well, this should have happened. And, and part of the way we, we do everything every week is is, is that process. So, um, and, and, you you know, we concentrate on each session. So, you know, it's been all, all these, we've had some tremendous training weeks and, you know, and I think we come away from this game thinking, geez, you know, again, we we, uh, we didn't quite get there, but we're not far off. And, you know, when we look at the teams we're playing and uh, and the, the quality of the competition and the internationals, we, you know, the boys are doing a, are doing a great job, and but we're not far off there. 65% possession we're hearing 60% uh, territory as well all those stats maybe chances not taken especially before half time that was a great opportunity to put two scores between the sides yeah there was I mean we, we, we felt that we just said if we, we can get that one more score you know we scored a great try there we just missed out I thought Matt Healy's one was you know, desperate and lucky there and uh, but we, we cut him open quite, quite, quite well a few times and yeah we just needed that one more to get some daylight and um, you know in the second half too we came out at 10-3 and uh, you know silly we um, I think we we knocked them over behind the line. We got the ball back, and then I think uh, we, the play we ran was set up perfectly. And unfortunately, uh, we got it was a forward pass. We got our timing wrong, and um, and then off that scrum, we we didn't defend it well. And then we gave a penalty to the way to line up, and we gave a you know easy penalty away, three points, and that's probably summed up the game. How you know we gave away some soft soft points. Saturday night in France. Now is that much in need after that, or is? Oh, I think it's uh, you know that that's it. You'd be able to get back on the horse, get straight away. You know we got a massive game and brief because of what happened in Newcastle and the way the pool is we, we need to uh, get over there and get a win so you know we just got to dust ourselves off do the review and then get ready for uh, uh, you know a tough encounter and brief Just one other question just that old Masterson try that's the one we'd be picking out I mean I'm sure you don't want to comment too much on it but it did like it, it's tougher when you see those calls in the video it looks like it's a try Yeah I mean 
we, you know, I think we agree. Everyone, everyone bar the team agrees, but that's uh, that's part of the process that needs to go through, and and uh, I'm not involved in that. This is the rewind on News Talk. I'm Oshin Langan. That's Connacht's Pat Lamb on their defeat to Scarlets. The Galway Bay side still in the top four because they did pick up a bonus point. Now let's move to Gaelic games. Kerry manager Eamon Fitzmaurice has confirmed that Paul Galvin has retired once again. The Fanoog man came back for last season, but Fitzmaurice says he won't feature in 2016. Meanwhile, Brian Sheehan has been confirmed as Kerry captain for the next season. A makeshift Kingdom side lost 12 points to 9 at home to Clare yesterday in the McGrath Cup. It's uh, Kerry's first senior loss to Clare since 1992, but but is it really considering this was basically a scratch Kerry side? Uh, after the match, Eamon Fitzmaurice spoke to Radio Kerry's Gary O'Sullivan. Paul Galvin has obviously finished up. He, you know, he's moving back up to Dublin after getting married. So uh, Paul will be finishing up. But outside of that, everyone else will be available to us. We haven't started training at all yet, to be honest, because um, you know there was so much club activity in Kerry leading up to uh, Christmas. We let lads play away with their clubs, which was important as well. And they were doing a bit of uh, gym work, but there was no actual pitch session. So we're starting our pitch sessions now on Tuesday night and uh, full steam ahead from there. And finally, I mean, what a way to start! I suppose a repeat of the All Ireland final in today. No, it's a few weeks away, but still, people will be looking forward to it at this stage. Oh yeah, big game and uh, big test for us in Above and Crow Park against Dublin. Um, of course. It's going to be a tough game and all of the games you know year in year out we see that in the league every game is a tough game we're, we're playing Dublin away the first night and the following week then we've Roscommon um, with new management here the following Sunday so that's going to be a tough battle as well so um, you know we're really looking forward to getting started now again and uh, we've been waiting since the, since the, the end of the All-Ireland I suppose to get back in the wagon and start training and playing matches again so the matches will be coming thick and fast now again which is great Kerry manager Eamon Fitzmaurice continues in Gaelic games now on the rewind here on News Talk. Longford hosts Dublin in next Sunday's Bordenamona O'Byrne Cup semi final after their 1 9 to 1 5 win over Wicklow. Dublin overcoming DCU 116 to 112. After that game, Longford boss Dennis Connerton chatted with Shannon Side FM Sport. Well, it's great, you know, the All Ireland champions coming to Longford is what, is what football's all about. It'll be a great day in Longford. The terraces will be packed here, and uh, that's what we want to see in, in football, you know. And it's an opportunity for our guys again to come out against the Dubs. Different time of year. The last time they played them was in Crow Park. Now they're playing them in Pierce Park. And we're all talking about getting the Dubs out of Dublin and see how they react. The Dubs will love that too, getting out and getting a bit of experience in different venues and different grounds. So it'll be a good, bit of, it'll be a good day out for us. We We'll work very hard at the game, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to uh, put up a good performance and that's what we want going into the National League. We haven't got that much time left, we're playing in the National League in three weeks' time, but our focus has to be on the National League. These are our extra games for us, they're great games to get this time of year, but our focus has to be on the National League. Long for boss Dennis Connerton. This is the Rewind on News Talk coming up, basketball and football, but first to Turling. Cork enjoyed a 120-18 points win over Kerry in the Munster League. Uh, that was on Sunday, while on Saturday, a busy weekend for the Rebels, they beat UCC in the Cannon O'Brien Cup. It was a particularly bad day in Cork. Heavy rain for the first maybe 20 minutes of that game. It did ease off, but the pitch was very, very heavy. After that match, I spoke to Cork manager Kieran Kingston about the year ahead and what they're taking from their pre-season matches. Today, today's game is the same as all the games we're playing in January. It's purely looking at options we have maybe going forward in terms of enhancing our panel. And that's it really, We're in, that's the purpose of the Munster League and the games like this. Uh, we'll be picking a panel for the National League and hopefully that um, out of these games, two or three players might throw up there, might, might, might give us a few problems. 
two guys jumped out today. One's a what I might call an old stager, one relatively new. Paul Hockney in midfield did very well, scored a few points from play, and uh, Paddy O'Sullivan did extremely well. He scored one three from play. Yeah, both had a good, both played very well, very very well. Give us a great shift, as did many others. And uh, I mean, their guys are they're on our existing panel already. Paddy's been around for a while. Paul was with us before and, and, and wasn't involved last year, so. Um, uh, they show great leadership today in very difficult conditions, like, to be fair, very difficult conditions. When you came into this job, did you think, OK, I have a specific style that I want this court team to play? And is that message harder or easier to get across? Because you've been involved with these lads. You were, you were part of Jimmy Barry's team. Yeah, n- not really. At this stage of the year, no, we're just taking it uh, one step at a time. Uh, we've done a fair bit of work indoors. We're back out on the field now with a week or so. Uh, this is our second game. We're looking at uh, finalising a panel for the National League over the next couple of weeks using these games for that purpose we have in excess of 50 players on our list at the moment that we're trying out during the month of January and we'll narrow it down from there and then we'll start looking at um, styles of play and, and, and things like that you know and when you're looking at this year ahead and you're looking back to try and kind of take the positives and negatives from what's gone do you look specifically at that Galway game in the championship and think okay we weren't aggressive enough we stood off or do you look at the whole year and take from that and if so what do you take and we we sort of know we won't, we would not look at any game in isolation. Absolutely not. I mean, from our perspective, we are looking at where, where we stand at the moment. Um, everybody knows where Cocker ranked. Cocker ranked, I think, lowest in Munster and seventh in the country. That's just we are where we are. My job is to get the best possible panel uh, together with the best possible management team, and at the end of that, we'll see prepare as best best we can and see where that takes us. And at this stage of the year, we can't say any more than that, you know. And is it a matter of trying to pick the lads up? given the low ranking you just mentioned or is there any kind of noticeable uh, negativity there in that dressing room and absolutely not no not within not within the camp there's a lot outside the camp yeah and uh, which is under, which is understandable but not within the camp no we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't we, that wouldn't be a, an issue inside the camp at all no that's not too bad though court like being written off don't they <laughs> time will tell <laughs> listen Kieran, the very best of luck and thanks for talking not at all thank you very much Cork manager Kieran Kingston speaking to me at the Mardike this weekend now Galway opened up their campaign in the Bordemona Walsh Cup with a win over DCU 116-17 to 17 points the final score at Ballina Slow Joe Canning scored 1-5 for the tribesman while Greg Lally impressed at centre back and Aina Burke made an impact off the bench with 4 points from play interestingly David Collins started the game at wing back remember he came in in the All-Ireland final and he was one of the few Galway players that can say he'd a decent second half. Now, new manager Michal Donoghue wasn't getting carried away either way uh, about the result or performance or anything that's gone on uh, when he spoke to Sean Walsh of Galway BFM. We're delighted with the application of the players and their attitude and, and you know, they held out for a good win. You know, we have two more games again this week, Wednesday and Sunday, so it just afford us the opportunity to look at some other lads as well. As I said, we're probably a bit behind, but, you know, just delighted that everything's up and running now and uh, we can keep moving forward. This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was new Galway hurling manager Michal Donoghue. They have another game coming up uh, this week in Ballina Snow it's all coming thick and fast for them right uh, speaking of thick and fast Raf Diallo of Off the Ball and Team 33 and former Ireland international and Chelsea <laughs> defender that <laughs> that's some compliment Raf that's all I can that's for, the, that's for the two of us but I think it's more it's more my direction than your direction he was just he was just looking at you but he meant me he doesn't uh, you know he doesn't what he's like, an don't introduction you? Paddy Mulligan yeah. also with us uh, for a regular talk on football. Um, hard to know where to start, Paddy. How interested are you in the cup at this? Oh, time? very much. I love it. Really? Yes. Love I was, it? Why? Yes, I was brought up in it because it's it's magical. Uh, you see, Klopp getting interviewed in a tea room yeah. at Exeter on 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 on, uh, on Friday evening. You see, Liverpool only drawn with Exeter two two each, irrespective of whether they have their full team out or not, immaterial. And and you see the pitches, old style pitches 
where the where the mud yeah. is all over the place and it's magnificent and it brings it, it, it okay it brings Liverpool and other teams and Swansea for, for argument's sake uh, down to their level but look that's what the yeah. cup has always been about uh, you know the great uh, Blythe Spartans on one side had a great run Norwich City in, in the late 50s I think had, had, a, had a great run in the cup so you know I, I, I just love the nostalgia of it I know that managers some managers don't take it don't take it seriously why I don't know because the FA Cup a, 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 a day out in Wembley and in this instance now it's two days out in Wembley you get to a semi-final and the final it, it's magnificent it's the place to play in England there's no yeah. question about that. You're brought up in Wembley, and and but ah, the footballing just, just landscape wonderful. has changed. There's no doubt about that. Of course, and there's it no has. doubt about the top team's attitude to the cup. But what we still love, and what is still magical, is what you mentioned: Liverpool going to Exeter. Um, there was other games on this weekend as well. You know, like well, uh, Dagenham and Redbridge going to Goodison Park. Yeah, <laughs> when are they ever going to get to Goodison Park? Type thing. Irrespective of what the score yeah. is, doesn't matter. They get there and have their day in the sun. Now, Exeter are going to make a few quid out, out, out of getting the draw last, last Friday night. Isn't that wonderful? That'll get Exeter over, over the line for the next few years. Yeah. Because that's, that's, the, that's the way these clubs are run. They're on a shoestring. You know, it's all very well looking at the, the Premier League, looking at the top clubs and uh, uh, earning, earning millions in the year. But these clubs have to survive on, 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 on pittance. Yeah. So look at it, it's, it's, it's wonderful for them. But the ties that jump out are like Oxford at home to Swansea and Oxford caused the biggest shock of the weekend. Eastley at home to Bolton. I was watching Football Focus, Raf, and the ref was going around throwing the ball on the pitch and it wasn't moving. Yeah, I saw that and actually, I was yeah. thinking, God, this is great Can for I play Eastley. it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eastley were hoping it would be played and, and they yeah. get a replay and they get a payday. Yeah. But, but it's, it's kind of in some ways sad that those are the only interesting ties in the cup. Like I made it home for Tottenham and Leicester which Last was a good night. game, actually. It was a good game. I watched it, yeah. but I kind of wasn't really tuned in because it was like... Because yeah. you're not tuned into the cup. Yeah. That's it. And, but I was and, fully tuned in and because for, for Man- Exeter and Liverpool. Like. You see, I, 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 would, I would disagree with the managers. Totally yeah. disagree with the managers. Like Potticino. Uh, yeah. You know? He thinks that he can go out and beat Leicester. Irrespective of which team Leicester put out, he thinks he can go out and beat Leicester with, we'll say, a weakened team. No Harry Kane. Just, just for example. No alley. All right. But yet he had to bring them on. So my argument would be, why don't you start them off and see if you can win the match in 50 yeah. minutes or 60 minutes and then take them off if, you, if you're, if you're, in, the, if you're in, a, in, a, in a strong position. So start off with your best team. But I would be like that all of the time. Start off with your best team yeah. and take it from well, there. But was that a lesser doing occasion? That. Is what is what the point of making? But Rather, this is what he's you know, saying. Comparing it to Exeter yeah. and Liverpool, but this or is what he, and Swansea. This is what Pochettino is saying. That oh, well, I'm not too pushed out of the cup. But and to you, be. as a fan, though, what I'm saying. Oh no, I I, I want yeah. them to play their best teams. Okay. I want I want to see them uh, go out at hammer and tongs. I mean, as, as it happened, it was a very good game. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, Leicester did did extremely well because Spurs thought after one nil after Ericsson after six or seven minutes, ah, oh, this is e- this is easy street. We'll we'll win this easy. But no, that didn't happen. Leicester came back with a, with with a real bang and 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 uh, got a goal after eighteen minutes, then got one just at the start of the second half, and that really put the cat among the pigeons uh, for Spurs. And that's the reason, in, in, in my estimation, Spurs will not win the Premier League. Yeah. Because they failed to Newcastle at home. Um, they had a wonderful opportunity to take care of Everton last, last Sunday week and didn't do it. Let Everton back into the game, ended up with a draw and, 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 couldn't, and couldn't finish off. And we're very, very, yeah. couldn't finish off Leicester yesterday. We're very, very lucky to get the draw because in no way was that a penalty. I don't believe. I thought that was ball to hand as opposed to hand to ball. Because he had to, to, to get any balance and any momentum. Uh, uh, the defender uh, had to go uh, with, his, with, with his arms out. He, he wasn't even looking at the ball. 
when, when, when you see it. He wasn't yeah. looking at the ball. How the referee could give it from the position he was in, yet people on television were saying, oh, he's in a great position. He wasn't in a great position because he couldn't possibly have seen what was going on. And I thought there was a split second delay as well in him blowing the whistle. Perhaps, perhaps I'm wrong. But that, that's what I thought. Or maybe I just wanted Leicester to go and win. Maybe, maybe that maybe. was the, 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 simpli- the, the simplistic answer to it. Yeah, just on the cup as well. I think, is, it may- is there maybe a case for having just the one cup, cup competition rather than, you know, the League Cup exists and actually it's taken about as seriously nearly as the FA Cup nowadays. And maybe there's a case in the long term if you want to save the cup or the FA Cup because that's the one that needs saving that one of them has to go or maybe a Champions League clubs have to be taken out of the League Cup or something like that. Well, why, why, don't, you, why don't you make the winners of the FA Cup go into the, go into the Champions League? Yeah, uh, that is one yeah. argument that I think has yeah. been brought up you know, but it hasn't really... It hasn't, hasn't, hasn't taken off no. be, yeah. because, exactly. they, because they've no, the, the, the hierarchy don't appear to have any, any, any love for the FA Cup anymore no. and this is what made English football great because the FA Cup was the big tournament, was the big competition. You know, in my, if you won the league, oh, yeah, okay then. But the FA Cup was the big one because of the magic of Wembley. Yep. And it was always called the magic of the FA Cup because uh, we were brought up on, on uh, the 53 uh, uh, Cup final with, with Blackpool losing 3-1 and, uh, um, and, and, and or, sorry, but losing 3-1 and come back to win 4-3. The Stanley Matthew final, they call it. Yeah. He only played for 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> he, 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 he was non-existent for, for 50 minutes or, yeah. or 80 minutes 70 minutes and then played for 20 minutes and, but look at he, he, yeah. he, got, well, he got the accolades and that was it Well the big thing is is that the FA would have to try and seize the Champions League place off the Premier League and the Premier League aren't going to give that up and quite frankly a cup competition shouldn't have a Champions League place it just shouldn't happen Look lads what about um, Wayne Rooney I was listening Raf to Dion Fanning on the way back yesterday on Off the Ball Dion Fanning of the Sunday Independent and he was saying he couldn't believe that, that like Paul Scholes was hammering into Louis van Gaal but at the same time saying I don't understand why they don't just give the ball to Rooney more like Rooney was untouchable in his opinion he wasn't criticising him at all I mean it's, it's a hard one to figure out it is a very hard one to figure out like Rooney's form has been patchy and actually if you look maybe for the last five years or so there's probably been as much patchy as there has been, you know, great moments of inspiration. I know he scored a great winner against Swansea, but they're kind of few and far between at the moment. And I don't know, maybe it's his nationality, the fact he's yeah. the England captain that does kind of make him untouchable. But then, you know, you look at even, like, I suppose the Gerrards, the Lampards and so on, if you go back further in time, they would have got little bits of criticism here and there, but maybe they're kind of lifted to an exalted level of, uh, you know, of the, some of the foreign players that are there. and. Yeah. I think that might be the case. There is always that little bit of bias or jingoism, if you want to yeah, throw in that word. And it can actually, it can actually have a bearing what your former players think of either your manager or or, or current players. And in Van Gaal's case, look, the fans aren't blind. They can see what's going on. They can see it's not overly entertaining. But it doesn't help when Scholes piles the pressure on him, but seems to give Rooney a pass. Yeah, well, I mean, he he, he has to criticise Rooney as well because, in my opinion, um, he hasn't played for either England or Man United in the past three years and they should have got rid of him uh, three three to four years ago yeah. when they had the opportunity they didn't do that so now they're, now they're stuck with him and he made hay while the sun shone because he, he, he picked up a, a fabulous new contract while there was turmoil with Moyes but Rooney is not anyway yeah. near the player that he was well, as, my as point Rap is, was is saying should Skulls be pointing this out but Skulls should be pointing out he can't, he can't turn around and say that Van Hal is doing a bad job and then, not, and, and then not turn around and say well Rooney isn't performing and there's quite a few of them not performing at, at, at Man United whether it's Van Hal's problem whether it's their problem 
but nobody in the right mind should be playing for instance Schweinsteiger in the middle of midfield at this moment in time he just does not have the legs for the Premier League it's yeah. as simple as that Rooney's legs have gone he, he made a great burst uh, um, uh, at a game there about two weeks back uh, the very, the very f- uh, first few seconds of it and that was it that's all you saw of him he yeah. could do that on a continuous basis throughout the game and get himself up and down that pitch now he can't get any place because either the mind is gone or the body is gone and he's not prepared to admit that, but he's not playing anyway well, and he's not reaching up to the standard that man, that is required at Man United. And quite a few of the, quite a few of the players are not reaching. Is he expected that standard. to do too much by the manager, or is he no, putting can, himself in that position? Where no, you can never expect. You never a player can never expect to do too much. You get out there and you do everything that you possibly yeah. can. But if you have an older player and you know he can't go box to box for yeah. 90 minutes well, if you Van know Hal he has, can't do certain yeah. things anymore because he's old and he's got a lot of miles yeah. do you as a manager say Wayne don't drop as deep because then you have to run more to, to make up ground when we're trying to attack and we need you nearer the goal yeah but if you're going to play him up front you got better. Yeah. You better get a service to him it's yeah. no good playing the ball square and back square and back square and back yeah. you know they have front men have to be hit very very early uh, a la Leicester take a look at Leicester they just hit they just hit, hit Vardy when, he, when, he, when he's up there or whoever is up there they just go and hit them straight away whereas Van Hal is not doing that so Rooney then is making an, a, an awful lot of unnecessary runs as well like Falcao was last year yeah. the very same like Van Persie was for a while you know? so they're not, and they're not getting the ball and soon they get fed up Make, making those runs it, it, it becomes it's, we're not going to I'm not going to get the ball so why should I, make, why should I make the run and then when he doesn't make the run the ball goes in there and when he does make the run the ball isn't going in there so they've got to they've got to get their they've got to get their full back sorted out and they've got to get their well, central defender as well but also their, their central midfield because there's nothing coming from the centre of Man United's midfield and that's the engine room of yeah. any team and when, when, when that dries up you're, you're, you're in deep trouble it's all very well people say oh they're not creating chances then he plays he plays Ashley Young then as, as a full back now Ashley Young is, is, is no more a full back than the man on the moon he, if, he's gonna, if you're going to play Ashley Young play him wide in the right or play him wide in the left and see what he's, see what he's made of yep. down there now he's got, he's got in a few decent crosses uh, 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 the week before last but that's, that's, that's just about the sum total of Ashley Young yeah. now let's talk about the midweek Premier League match the one that jumps off the page is Liverpool Against Arsenal. Depends on which Liverpool team he can select. Exactly. Well, Raph, we <laughs> with, all, with all the injuries. We know one thing for certain Bogdan won't start. Definitely not, no. Um, Rafa has a better chance of starting than Bogdan has. <laughs> take, take it from me, Rafa. I'm not, I'm not I've seen you perform. Hold on a second. Are we being unfair? Wasn't he pushed before that ball got swung in? He's absolutely useless. He's useless. He's the goalkeeper. He commands the 18 yard box. So he needs it's to be pushed rather as than that. be pushed. He needs to be assertive and, and make sure that nobody pushes him out of the way and he goes and he grabs the ball at the highest point and takes it into his chest. But these keepers they want to grab the ball at the lowest point which gives everybody a, an opportunity to get in there. Mignolet is the very, very same. Uh, you, you had, had Lucas um, last week up in, up in Sunderland heading the ball clear from two yards out from a corner kick and Mignolet is standing flapping. And you're telling me that Klopp doesn't recognise that? You come out and say, "Man, is a great goalkeeper." He doesn't see that. Of course, he does. He's a clever man. Now, obviously, Liverpool Arsenal. I mean, Ar- or Liverpool more so have uh, their their decent performances under Klopp seem to have come against the better teams, the so-called so, better teams, yeah, anyway. the so-called yeah. better teams like yeah. City uh, and City Chelsea, Chelsea at the time. Yeah, at the time. <laughs> yeah, um, which probably does uh, put an asterisk on that anyway. Yeah. But. Um, 
when you're looking at it from Arsenal's perspective, do you kind of sit back and let maybe Liverpool come at you? Because they Liverpool seem to be better when they're countering rather than dictating play. So do you kind of let Liverpool have a bit of the ball and then just hit them on the break if possible? Depending on what team Liverpool have out on, on, on Wednesday night, they might not get any of the ball. Yeah. If, they, if he has to play, a lot of the players that played last Friday night, they'll have very little of the ball. Because they couldn't keep the, they can't keep the ball the next year, and and the the academy players are uh, are just at this moment in time, and and uh, uh, quite rightly so, they're just not they're not ready to even go and play against the likes of Exeter. So if they're not ready to play against Exeter, they're certainly not ready to play against against the Arsenal. Even at uh, even at Anfield, people are saying, "Oh, get them get teams back to Anfield." Anfield is not the fortress that you that it, that it used to be. Yeah. Uh, people don't uh, uh, teams don't don't fear going into Anfield, and Exeter won't fear going in there for for a, a return again. Certainly, Arsenal won't. Even though a few years ago they got a drubbing uh, five one, but that was with Suarez and Sturridge and and and, and Sterling all in all in wonderful form. That day, that day is well gone now for Liverpool. So you'd have to hold your judgment and see just exactly how many of these players have recovered from hamstring strains and other injuries. Now, if five or six of hamstring strains, I don't see any of those players playing. Jordan Knight might be the exception. He might be available for Wednesday. But if, if, if the rest are as bad as they're saying they are, then you're looking another two or three weeks perhaps. Yeah. Hamstrings are, 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 are crazy injuries because uh, uh, when you think you're over them, it, it goes again, and yeah. it go at, at the. It could go on a warm up, it could, and you think that you've done a warm up the previous day, you've trained the previous day. Then the following day, you go to play, you're in the warm up, or in the first minute, you you just make a burst, and and, and it's gone again on you. So you just have to. He has to be very careful, Klopp. Very very careful, or else he's going to lose players for another few weeks. Alexis Sanchez will not be back for this game, but Arsenal still not, still not good, still not good news for Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they still they still have enough quality, and Casola, I don't think will be back, will he? Oh no, he won't be back for another couple of months because uh, it's a fairly serious knee injury. But, yeah, uh, and yet, uh, yeah, and yet it was so innoxious. Yeah, it was only a, 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 a clash, a slight clash, and, and the knee, the knee went. So you think that ah, is he is he putting it on? But he wasn't in fairness. Yeah. But Sanchez, Sanchez is, is is a big loss to to Arsenal. But having said that, they they absolutely when they got going on Saturday, they pulverized Sunderland. Yeah, Sunderland got, got lulled themselves into a false sense of security, going one up. Although, it was like a red rag to a bull. Uh, but that was courtesy of my pal, Mr. Kleshelny, who decided to go and flap at, uh, at the last minute. But, but however, um, Arsenal, I, you, you, would, you would have to fancy Arsenal at this juncture, irrespective of what team Liverpool put out. Because yeah. it's going to be, it's gonna, it, could be a, it could be a backs-to-the-wall job at Anfield for, for Liverpool. Yeah. And just before we let you go, Richie Towell played the full 90 for Brighton in the Cup over the weekend. Now, he didn't unfortunately uh, play as part of a winning team but that says an awful lot about him that Chris Hewton was willing to just throw him in at one of the first Oh yeah great points. stuff great stuff and, and, and long may that continue and with, with, with a, bit, a little bit of luck now he'll, he'll, he'll continue on in, in the team because Brighton are on a, on a very very sticky wicket at, at this moment in time I think was that about five or six games now they've gone without yep. without, without a victory Something and, like that yeah. No it's, it's, it's not good so if Richie Tao can, can uh, Get himself into a position there, and, and obviously the fitness levels are. Uh, there's no question about the fitness levels because he's, he's played that. He's played the 90 minutes, so it's a it's a it's a reasonable start for Richie Towell. Now being selfish as regards Richie Towell, is it's a reasonable start. It's not it's not a it's not a, another good uh, um, result for for Brighton. But let's hope they can they can pick it up and that Richie Towell is is paramount to to the recovery. And Walter scoring again over the weekend oh, great for goal. Stoke. Yeah, he struck it so well. How important is he for Ireland? Is he the key man? Oh, he's the key man at this moment in time. No question about that. He's had he's had a, a wonderful uh, campaign. 
he's been absolutely brilliant in everything that he's done whether he's tracking back whether he's getting forward making runs he's been closing people down no he's been he's been absolutely immense as far as I'm like, you, you know you're going to get 100% out of him there's yeah. no question there because there uh, are other yeah. players who you might think oh okay it depends what yeah. day or what form they're in yeah. but uh, no, at least Walters you kind of know you're getting a guarantee like he's going to he's going to press defender he's going to harry yeah. them maybe the quality isn't going to be there every every day of the week but no but he gives you every, absolutely he, everything, he, he, everything he's got and that's, you know. that's all you ask for he's a real he's a real honest pro who's yeah. been around the block and who is so grateful to be at, at, at Stoke City and, and, and playing in the in the Premier League yeah. that he just wants to play and play and play and give it and give it everything and and you, you can see it in his play and he's so grateful for being in the Irish, uh, Irish team as well He is 30 plus and I'm looking at this in a very selfish way he doesn't tend to start every game for Stoke but against Some Liverpool last week maybe, in the ca- yeah. well against Liverpool yeah. he came on and he changed the game now Mark Hughes is not blind he'll see that and he'll think maybe we are a better team with him starting and we are a better team with him involved so my point is, is if Hughes doesn't see that or does see it and ignores it, is he's, that a ba- still- he's a bad manager. If he if he if he if he sees it, ignores he's a bad. Yeah. That's bad management. Yeah, but because as I said earlier on, to me you must start with your best team. Yeah, and if if he if he thinks that the team he played against uh, um, Liverpool was his best team, well then he's sadly mistaken because really. Yeah. He should have had Crouch and Walters up front. Hit the big the, men. Soon I said with, it, the, he, with, yeah. the, with the problems that Liverpool have at the back. Yeah. Irrespective of whether Skirt was playing in there or whether Lovren was playing or whether Saka was playing or whether Tour, it didn't matter who was playing there. They should have been bombarded and Mignolet in goal. If I were a manager, that's what I'd be saying. Every ball you get just inside, go on, bomb it yeah. and, and, and make Mignolet think about it, make, make the central defenders think about it yeah. and didn't have to think about it at all. So in the first half it was an embarrassment Liverpool were knocking the ball around here as if they were five or six up and you know realistically uh, O'Shane they should have been three, uh, two or three up at half time Liverpool yeah. because they just blew them out of the water and, and then, and then uh, they made the changes and, and Stoke came back into the game without to me uh, without really threatening but if Walters doesn't start every week, Raf, he'll then be fresh for Euro twenty sixteen. Exactly, that's exactly the thinking. Like, that's yeah, what I was, yeah. you don't we don't want him playing in every single game and then find out that he's kind of burnt out for the tournament, which is. But he's the, I think he's the type of player that no matter how many games he yeah. plays, if he played the full uh, complement of games in, in the Premier League, if he played yeah. thirty eight games, he still would have the mental capacity to go and play the the, the games in in in, 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 the, in the European finals without without any shadow of a doubt, because a lot an awful lot of it for me. Ocean is about attitude. If yeah. you want, to, if you really want to do it, you'll go, you'll go and you'll do it. But if you want an excuse and the easy way out, and and professional footballers sometimes like to take the easy way out. I've done enough now. I did enough last week. I did enough the previous week. It doesn't work like that. You've got to be want to do it every game and be at uh, be be at your best in every game. And 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 you may have some failings in in in, in different games. You might give the ball away a bit uh, a bit too much. You mightn't get your tackle right. You might make the run that you should have run uh, that you should have made. But ov- overall, your attitude should be exemplary. And, and nobody can turn around and say that you didn't run, you didn't close people down, even though you might have been a nightmare. There's nothing to stop you from doing that. Yep. Okay. Raftiallo of Team Thirty Three and off the ball and Paddy Mulligan, former Ireland, Chelsea, and Shamrock Rovers fullback. Thanks for joining us on the Rewind podcast here on News Talk. Cheers. A pleasure. Thank you, Ocean.
This is the Rewind Down in Basketball. Temple Oak will clash with swords in the Hula Hoops National Cup Final at the National Arena in Tala on Saturday, January 30th. That game will be shown live on TG Cahar. It's Temple Oak's first time to make the final and after their dramatic 61-59 semi-final win over Colester at the Mardike in Cork, I spoke to Conor Grace and Jason Killeen, both men playing for Temple Oak, obviously. And if you follow basketball in any way, shape or form, you'll know that these two have serious experience. They've plied their trades uh, around Europe. Anyway, uh, we'll hear from Grace in a second. But first, uh, before Killeen was pulled away to take part in the team photograph, you'll actually kind of hear the moment he was pulled away. He spoke to me about how they managed to get through a very, very tight match against Dublin rivals Colester. Yeah, what a great game. It's the first time for the club to be in this situation. But they've been doing a great, the team has been doing a great job all year and we're just delighted with the performance against a great team today. It was all about getting the hands to the pumps, especially in the last two, three minutes. You were under everything under that rim. You collected all the rebounds yeah. and it set up the ability for you to get the points. We didn't do a great job in the first the first half at defensive rebounding, but we really stepped it up. It's something we talked about in the first, uh, half times. Connor Grace, that's some performance from Temple Oaks to reach the cup final beating Colester in about as dramatic a circumstance as you can get. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, we had a big player out, Michael Bonaparte, and Paul, Paul Cummins was out as well. Uh, some of the young players really stepped up and played really, really well. And um, we've been in that position a couple of times this season so far. We've had it. We've had to pull it out right at the end, one or two points. We've done it so far this season, so it feels great. We had that kind of experience to rely on. And it felt great for the young players to be able to step up at the end of the game like that it was great. Colester seemed to have the best of it for three quarters, but in the championship quarter, when it really mattered at the end, you kept your heads. Colester came out with a great game plan. Um, Jermaine in particular was doing great crashing the offensive boards. They were giving us a lot of trouble on the defensive rebounds. Um, we were lucky we started hitting some of the shots that we didn't make in the first half. We started hitting them in the second half. So it was, uh, it was, we were really pleased to get over the line. And you're receiving a nice little dance there, yeah. which is uh, which is always nice, always nice. Very well performed as well by Stephen James. Yeah. Um, talk to me about those last two minutes because Jason got under the rim. He collected all the rebounds. basketball. Jason got under the rim. He collected all the rebounds. He got it to you. You used it well. Guys ran around you. They were always available to take passes and take something out of the ball and get the points. That's yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, we needed to clear the defensive rebounds. Jason was taking a lot of contact. Everyone was competing for the ball. And he was doing a great job clearing the defensive rebound and then being smart and finding one of the players that we wanted to find for the outlet. And then once we got on the offensive end, we were able to use the ball, run the clock down, and then hope that they would foul us and then go to the line and try to knock down the free throws. And it's Swords Thunder in the yep. final at yep. the arena. Yeah, it was a surprise last night. Swords came down. I, I, I didn't get to see the game, but apparently they were absolutely on fire. So that's going to be a huge challenge for us. Uh, they have a couple of new players coming in that we haven't seen before. So it's going to be it's going to be a great challenge. We're really, really looking forward to it. Temple Oaks first ever uh, cup final. So it's really exciting for the whole club. How big a deal is it for the club? Because you've got some big players, but it was never going to be any good unless you did something. And now you have. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, it, everywhere we go, I think we have great support. We have, we have great traveling support. Even today, we've We've over 100 people with us, and it's it's great for them to see it. Uh, we're, we're so happy we could do it for them, and it, it's just huge for the club. It's it's a very it's a very united club. All the players coaching different teams and stuff like that. So it's it's it's, it's a great club for me to come into two years ago, and it's it's been it's fantastic for the club, really. And just before I let you go, talk to me about Mark Keane. And look, there's no need for me to tell everyone how good he is. Anyone who follows basketball knows. But what is it about him? 
Mark's, Mark's brilliant at, at combining the right guys in the right positions at the right time. He's great at, at making the right chemistry. If guys want to join our team, Mark, Mark really decides if they're going to fit in with what we're trying to do. And he's great at, he's great at, um, at listening to everyone's ideas and kind of picking the best ones and then going with that. And he's, he's, he's very adaptable. Today we had to come out with something different. Michael Bonaparte, who's a huge player for us, got injured last week. So we had to come out with something different. And, and Mark was able to make a few adjustments. And, and, and I mean, it, it was fantastic. It, it, it's great. He's, he's a great play, person to play for. And he, and he's, he gives, gives you a lot of confidence and everything. So it's great playing for him. Connor, I'm delighted for you. But I know a TG Carr host who's, who's desperately sad that you won't be on the TV this year. But you are where you want to be for the cup final. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm so excited. I mean, it's it's Irish basketball's big event for the year, and it's always a packed arena, so we're really, really looking forward to it. Well, last year you were beside the court. This year you're on the court. Best of luck. Thanks so much, Jesse. Appreciate it. Connor Grayson before him, Jason Killeen of Temple Oak. Now, Mark Keenan has been there and done that as a coach. Afterwards, I spoke to the Temple Oak Supremo about their performance and how they got through. Well, Mark, you've just received congratulations from one of the Kilesture mentors, which is a beautifully sporting touch. But tell me what it means to lead Timbalo to a cup final in the most dramatic way possible, a one-point win. Yeah, it just feels... Uh, yeah, emotional. Um, really proud of the lads. It, it looked like it was gone uh, at one stage there. But look, we, we have a never-die attitude. We, we know we can, I said it in the papers during the week, we can pull together when we have to. And boy, did we have to. And the lads did it. So just so proud of everybody. Um, delighted to get there. A shaky first maybe and three quarters. Was that to do with the fact that Michael Bonaparte wasn't there? Because that, that's that's a huge loss. And guys have to get their heads around that. They've kind of essentially got to adjust to a new game plan. Yeah, I and mean, look, we didn't have a lot of time with that. We only got the results of a scan on Friday. So we were hoping all week that he would be there. But it just shows the testament to the lads uh, that, you know, it, basketball is a team game. And if you lose a player, somebody else has to step up. You know, it's all about the team. And, and the guy has stepped up. It wasn't a high-scoring game. And uh, But anyway, that's the way I think we had to keep it today. You do have two guys who are kind of American in their level, Jason Colleen and Connor Grace. Great performances from them today, especially towards the end when Jason was taking every rebound under his own rim and setting it up, giving to Connor. They both used the ball so well. Yeah, they did. And look, we relied on those two guys down the stretch. Uh, you know, Connor had the ball a lot in his hands on the offensive end, and he makes great decisions. So we, we wanted the ball in his hands. You know, Jason, when we switched to the zone, it kept him around the basket. Yeah, he showered up the rebounds. It's great. You can see, look, he's still working on his fitness levels his second game back. He, he's There's a lot more to come. And, you know, hopefully we can get Mike and uh, Paul Cummins back for the final. Yeah. And it's Temple Oaks' first ever final. Can you tell me what that means to you? Because it was it was always going to be a risk, even though they had a good roster. It was always going to be a risk taking them over, a new club. Absolutely. But I look, I saw it as a great challenge. I knew the guys that were there. We had one or two guys come in. Obviously, Jason played with me before. Connor was with the national team before. So I, I, it wasn't it wasn't a tough decision to make, really. You know, when you see the pool of talent that was there. So I'm, I'm thrilled for the club. You see the support we have out there today. The best support here in, in the two semi-finals. So it's, I'm just delighted for them. All the club are behind the team, and all their players are behind all the other teams in the club. So it's a great club atmosphere. So so thrilled for everybody. Mark Keenan, the coach of Temple Oak, talking about facing Swords Thunder in the National Cup final on January 30th. Now in the women's final, Colester will play Team Antonati Hotel Glenmire, who are going for three in a row under coach Mark Scannell. We'll hear from him shortly, but first, here's star player Gronia Dwyer, 
whose sister Neve will miss the decider with a knee injury. 77-61, they beat Meteors over the weekend in the semi-final. But um, Grani Dwar wasn't overly impressed with their performance. You know what, it was hard fought out there. Um, we're missing two of our starters tonight and I just think our team showed a lot of character coming out there in the second half. We made it tough in the first, you know, they beat us um, at our own game. They beat us at, we, we played no defence, but once we started to play our defence, all our basketball came together. It was kind of lethargic for the first two and maybe even third quarter. Did that come from waiting for it to click because generally it does for you in the cup yeah I, I don't know if it was, it, it, we were waiting for it to click I just think we were finding our feet we went with a new setup as I said two of our girls were out and you know I think Mark is very good the way he used his subs he brought people off the bench he brought Hayley Lenahan in who's a spot up shooter we got her the ball she did what she had to do I mean I think everyone showed great character I think everyone gave it their all when they came on the court one of the players you mentioned is of course your sister massive massive loss it's, it's, it's desperately disappointing for her yeah I, I mean um, I was gutted for her when I heard uh, that she had injured her knee but you know what she's a fire and hopefully she'll be back soon um, to be honest she's a big loss to her team but you know she without sounding harsh she's gone now so our focus is what we have to do to win this final and I know she'll be supporting us all the way Mark was talking about Chantel Alford she really stepped up with some big trees you know before Chantel left before Christmas we played Clester like a brilliant side as you can see tonight from the first women's semi-final and Chantel just came into her own it, it takes people time to settle in you know um, it, it, it's like it's hard for any American to come into a team and I suppose we're such a dominant team we all like to score and I just think she's coming she's peaking at the right time Mark said she wasn't selfish enough this is true she loves to pass that ball you know um, she could take a bit of advice off me and not pass it at all but look <laughs> She's getting there. We're getting her open. She's a spot-up shooter too. And you know what? She's finishing on them shots. And you know what? I'm happy we came out on top tonight. On a slightly unrelated topic, but kind of related, the Irish women's international team at senior level is back. Does that give someone like yourself a bit of extra motivation in a season when you know there's that kind of big carrot dangling at the end of it? Oh, my God. For sure. Look, we've been waiting for this for a long time, you know. Everyone that plays in this women's league wants to play for their country, yeah. you know. Unfortunately, at the moment, it's self-funded. I know Basketball Ireland and the coach, Mark, are doing their best to make it... Um, minimise the cost as much as possible but you know what like I think from the games that were played here in the semi-finals at the women's this weekend shows us great players in this country and we can do well in the uh, small nations yeah I suppose as well Mark being the coach of the Irish team you know he, he can keep a close eye on you is that good or bad I don't know maybe I can keep a close eye on him too <laughs> yeah. you know so um you know it's always good uh, he knows how we play but you know we're going into a different setup there we're playing with people from all around the country and you know we have fine players like I said here in Ireland and Mark knows them inside out as well we played them all season long so I think he'll do his homework for that Irish team and we'll get on well I'll try and put the point across as clear as I can but does it kind of put a point to it again when there's a, an international setup when there's a something to step up to definitely we talked about last year we had a Luxembourg trip away it was just like a a small tournament to help Luxembourg out and I definitely think we all spoke the girls in that team and it definitely makes you want to play harder we learned a lot from that last year and the league has improved since that Irish team was set up last year so I think definitely now it is Colester in the final at the arena yep. is there a difference in playing at the arena people always say there is but do you think that is true do you think that is accurate yeah I mean I like playing in the arena you know I'm I love playing basketball this is what we want to play for to go out in front of everyone and show how good our sport is and how good it can be so I think it's our time to shine I do think yeah people maybe have a little bit of a, a kind of eerie feeling about the arena but I just think you know they're springy baskets shoot that ball high and it'll go in Listen, well done thank, thank you thank you very much
Mark, another season, another cup final for Team Montanotti Hotel Glenmire. Uh, yeah, fantastic. It was, um, I'm very proud of him tonight, you know. With a lot of adversity there with injuries and all that. And it was a struggle, you know, for the first half in particular. We really got it together at halftime, I thought, in the dressing room. And we upped our defence, made a couple of adjustments that hurt us in the first half. Our goal was to keep them 60 points. I'm disappointed that we never gave up 61, but we live with that. But, um, yeah, look, we had a lot of heroes again tonight. A lot of players that stepped up. And then, like, with someone like Hayley Lennon, who comes in, who hasn't really played much all year, uh, has had a tough season on the 20 and stuff. And uh, to come in and hit, I don't know, whatever, she got 12 points off the bench. That's the type of stuff you need in the cup. And that's what the cup is all about. But, um, you know, we, we got our American, you know, people have been critical of her. She's a fantastic player. She had a brilliant second half. Um, but then you get the stalwarts like Claire and Oin and Groin again, like when we needed a Mary Breen down the stretch, turn back the years. Um, you know, made a couple of huge baskets when we needed them. Um, but look, great, great team effort and uh, great delighted for the girls. You know, they have a chance now getting three in a row again and a chance of going to the top of the table uh, um, and cup wins in Irish basketball, which would be fantastic. You mentioned Chantelle Alford. It was her kind of couple of three pointers in a row coming towards the end that really sealed it, it really pushed you away. Her yeah. quality showed. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Like, I mean, she's a big shot, a big game player, you know. She, she's a bit too unselfish, am I liking for an American player? <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, she, she would, when we really need her in the second half, a couple of big baskets down the stretch. And you know what? The energy of the team when she hits, they all wanted to do so well, and it was great to see her. And you're missing Neve Dwyer, and she is out for the rest of the season. That's a huge, huge yeah. loss. Yeah, Neve is a huge loss, you know, and the girls are doing it for her. You know, that's kind of our motto, our mantra, mantra I suppose. And and, uh, and then Casey Grace as well, who's been fantastic for us all year. She went over her ankle this week, and she didn't play, and she's been starting, you know, and really setting the tone defensively. So, look, it's a fantastic night for Glamour. Great, great, great to be back in the cup final. We've three weeks now to get ourselves ready, you know, and I'm looking forward to it. Two powerhouses colliding in that cup final. You're up against Colester, yeah. who just about squeezed through against... Wildcats. Yeah, we played them a few weeks before Christmas. They're a good team, very good team. They beat us in Dublin, we beat them in Cork. So, you know, it's all to play for. They're a good team, we'll respect them, we'll do our homework, and hopefully we'll be ready to play on the 28th or 9th of, uh, of, of January. And just before I let you go, what's the key to your consistency? Because we see with Hunger. basketball in Hunger. Ireland that some teams come and go, but you, you have been there. This is the third final in a row. It's just the hunger, the desire that the girls want to win. They, they, you know, I've never seen it. The, the wire set the tone. You know, the rest of them are picking it up, picking up on it. It's just, you know, they, they know their careers are short, and they know they're coming, you know, to the end of their careers, and they, they just don't want to give it up. And you know, and in fairness to them, they, they bring it every night in training, and they, that desire to win and that desire to do well and get better. And just before I let you go, uh, there's an international team there now with that's back does that give a few of your players a bit more motivation yeah, I hope so you know but I mean we worry about that in April you yeah. know we try and get through the season now try and get through January try and win the cup and then see where that takes us and we and hopefully some of them will, will be on the international team down the road Mark Scannell the coach of Team Montanotti Hotel Cork on reaching yet another National Cup final they'll be up against Colester in the decider on the 31st of January uh, in Dublin. That's a Sunday, by the way. It'll take place at the uh, National Basketball Arena in Tala. And like the men's final, which is on the night before, it will be live on TG Cahar. That's it from us for this week. Don't forget you can contact us throughout the week on rewind at newstalk.com. The lads are on air every night from 7, Monday to Friday with Off The Ball. They'll join you this Saturday from 1 and Sunday from 12. Of course, on Sunday, we've got live and exclusive Premier League coverage. And this Saturday coming, we've got commentary of Munster against Stade Francais in the Champions Cup. Uh, take care. Good luck.